Today on Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. As Paul talks about his persecutions and his afflictions, he does say this, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Paul says, the Lord didn't deliver me from them all, but out of them all. The distinction there in the preposition is very important. Out of, not from, but it's encouragement for us all. Welcome to Know the Truth. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, And today, Philip DeCourcy contrasts a world full of evil company with the influence of righteous company. And it's dare to be different in a dark and troubling world. It's a timely message from the Without Apology series, our study in 2 Timothy. Later, we'll tell you about a resource that will help you deepen your walk with Christ. You can learn more about this resource at ktt.org. Right now, let's join Pastor Philip for today's lesson and dare to be different. One of the great words in the New Testament for the Christian is the saint. The saints at Colossae, the saints at Ephesus. You get to the root of the word saint that's tied into the word holy, which is explained by the thought to separate. A saint is someone who is separated from the world unto God. Walk in step with the Spirit, and that will put you out of step with the world. And so that's why I want to come to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 10 through 15, our next section in our study of 2 Timothy, because here we'll be helped to be different. Because here the Apostle Paul urges Timothy, his son in the faith, to greater faithfulness in the gospel. And he's asking him to commit himself to that in the face of growing worldliness in the church and a culture that is increasingly Christless. He was to stand out and stand up. He was to wear his colors. He was not to hide his loyalty. Same with us. I think I told you about a trip I made to watch Ohio State play Berkeley a couple of years back, and it all started with a trip to North Rise in Zambia. And I'm sitting having lunch with a businessman who was an alumni of the University of California, Berkeley. And he told me a little bit about his life and some high football came up and he realized I was a Buckeye. And he said, you know what, are you going to the game? And I said, I don't think so. He says, well, I want to give you an invitation. He says, I'm a booster up there. He says, I have several tickets. I probably can throw one your way, you know? And so I started to get interested, started negotiating the price. Eventually, he decided to go up to the game. And he said, Philip, I just need to remind you where you're going to be. You're going to be in the Boosters Club. I mean, this is on the Cal side of the fence. And these people are, you know, committed to this program. They pay the big bucks. And he said, you know, can I ask you this? Uh, you can't wear your colors. <laughs> now, you know by your laughter, he didn't know me. I'm telling you, this is what I said, straight out the gate. I didn't mince words. I didn't fudge. I didn't budge. I just said, then I'm not coming. You think I'm going to hide my loyalty? You know, if I can't wear my Buckeye colors, I'm not coming. 
Well, I think he was so taken back, he kind of backtracked a little bit and he said, oh, oh, well, okay. He says, but you know what? Do you promise you'll behave yourself? <laughs> All I can say is I tried. <laughs> but the point is this. I mean, you can come, but you can't wear your colors. What do you mean, hide my loyalty? Come on. And you know what? That's Paul's point here. But you keep following my example. But you keep continuing in the path of cross-bearing discipleship, Christ-honoring leadership. This is no time to hide your colors, Timothy. No time for us either, guys. So that's the contrast. Secondly, the conformity. Knowing that Timothy would need a leg up to help him dare to be different. Paul reminds him of the encouragement and the example he has derived from his spiritual father in the faith. This is verses 10 and 11. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. In following Paul's example... Timothy was able to pursue gospel faithfulness and fruitfulness. In fact, guys, the little phrase here, carefully followed, is an interesting phrase. It was used in religious circles of teachers and their students, almost like an apprenticeship or an internship. And wherever the teacher went, the student went. Here's a little statement, write it down. We need people who follow Christ to follow. That's one of the musts of the Christian life. We need to find people who follow Christ to follow. Timothy found it in Paul. We need to find models of gospel continuance. We need people to influence us as the world constantly tries to influence us in the wrong direction. Thirdly, the conflict. The conflict. Having talked about his own skirmishes, with a Christ-hating world, right? That's verse 11. Persecutions, afflictions, which have happened to me. Having talked about that, Paul pivots to remind Timothy that Christians at large will face the same kind of persecution. Look at verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's the Christian's lot, isn't it? What does Paul say in Acts 14.22? It's through much tribulation you enter the kingdom. There's no avoiding it. None of you are living godly. You've got Philippians 1.29, right? Being your privilege not only to believe on Jesus Christ, but to suffer for him. I like this phrase, and I've gone to it many times. God has not promised us a smooth crossing, simply a safe landing. And that's just where it's at. You got to get that down. You got to shut the Joel Osteens out. You got to turn three quarters of TBN off because that's the kind of message you're going to get. He's not only promised you a safe landing, he's promised you a cruise with full benefits. No, it's the lot of the Christian to suffer, it's the lot of the Christian to be persecuted. There's hard persecution and there's soft persecution. 
Now, at this point in our history in the United States, we mostly face soft persecution, mockery in the media, isolation by the culture, disassociation from family and friends, pushed to the side in the office, picked on in the school. That's what we're up against. Our brothers and sisters across the world, hard persecution, death, beatings, hangings, beheadings, losing everything financially, being disinherited in their families. But that's the lot of the Christian. Know this, that all who would live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But here's the encouragement, because that's pretty discouraging in some sense, although you'd have to be careful even with that statement, because i got to remind myself, while it's discouraging and nobody wishes that, somehow my heart orientation's got to get somewhere closer to Acts 5, where when the disciples faced this, they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for him. And so while we don't wish it, there's something honorable about it. There's something glorious about joining Christ in his suffering and standing with the master, wounded and bruised as he was. But here's the encouragement. If we back up, it kind of slips out of Paul, but it's encouragement for us all. And as Paul talks about his persecutions and his afflictions, and that causes him to go on to talk about our suffering, he does say this, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Beautiful. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Then that's an echo of Psalm 34 and verse 19. Psalm 34 and verse 19 is the words of David. And here's what we read. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Now, it's important that we make a distinction here. Paul says, the Lord didn't deliver me from them all, but out of them all. The distinction there in the preposition is very important. Out of, not from. Could I translate it like this? I think it leans more towards the meaning. The Lord delivered me through them all. I came out of it with my faith intact, with my love for Jesus Christ healthy, with my passion for God in its same place. He didn't escape them totally, but he did endure them triumphantly. In fact, we'll get to this when we get to chapter 4, verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the land. That could be a literal experience, or it could be, you know, a description of just adversity. In verse 18, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me. See, the deliverance is preservation, not from, but through, where grace is given to endure. And that's just a wonderful thing. And it's an important thing. God didn't save Daniel from the lion's den. He saved him in the lion's den. You know, put those old cats to sleep. And Daniel fluffed up the mane and put his head on it like a pillow. Not from, but out of. God didn't save the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He saved them in it. There was a fourth man, one like the Son of God, 
who stood with them in the fire and brought them through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you were with me. Not from, but through. I went through that valley, not round it, not over it, not under it, through it. But he went through it with me. This is the promise, guys. As Paul Powell says, there is no promise from the Lord in Scripture that we as his people will be exempt from any of life's trials. Christians get cancer. Christians suffer heart attacks. Christians get involved in automobile accidents. Christians lose their jobs. Christians get broke. Christians die young. Christians experience every heartache imaginable. Health and wealth are not our automatic birthright. Strength and success are not fringe benefits that come with salvation. We are promised no exceptions from and no explanations for the trials of life. What we are promised is that the Lord will be with us and see us through. It's a good word. In fact, that was the word that sustained David Livingstone for 23 years of his life in Africa as he gave himself exact 32 years where he planted his life in Africa. And what sustained him, and he often said this publicly, was the promise of Matthew 28, Lo, I am with you always. He was mauled by a lion, which kind of disabled one of his arms. He faced disease, dodged death. He encountered disappointment. But listen to what sustained him. I'll just read his own words out of his journal of January 14, 1856. Evening, felt much turmoil of spirit in prospect of having all my plans for the welfare of this great region and this teeming population knocked on the head by savages tomorrow. But I read that Jesus said, all powers given to me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. It is the word of a gentleman, of the most strict and sacred honor, and so there's an end of it. I will not cross fortuitively tonight as I intended, should such a man as I flee. Nay, burly I shall take observation for latitude and longitude tonight, though they may be the last. I feel quite calm now, thank God. <laughs> He was thinking about hightailing it out of there. The savages were gathering. The clouds were getting darker, so to speak. But no, I've got the word of a gentleman of the strictest and most sacred honor. And that puts an end to that. He's going to deliver me through. Okay, a couple of minutes. Last thought. The continuance. The continuance. Having talked about the past... Paul now talks about the future. Verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. That's the past, bringing us up to the present. But look at verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. You have, you must. Having talked about evil men and their continuance in sin, look at verse 13. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. If you ever want a description of a godless culture, godless cultures advance backwards. They just grow worse and worse. They think they're growing better and better, but they're just growing worse and worse, and they're the own victims of their own deceptions. I mean, we're meant to be becoming a more progressive society. 
a more enlightened country. Really? Not really. We sacrifice millions of our children on the altar of convenience and abortion. That's taken us back to the days of Moloch when children were sacrificed on the altar. We're not going forward. We're going back. Gay rights. I think that's taken us back to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's way back. Men are just getting worse and worse. Increasing in knowledge, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. But Timothy, what you have done, continue to do. And while men get worse, while men continue to sin, going from bad to worse, you continue in your gospel commitment. Men will continue and progress in their folly. You must continue and progress in your faith. That's the continuance. And it's kind of the thought that we have been tracking the whole way through this sermon. Timothy, you need to dare to be different. You need to be out of step with the apostasy in the church and the anarchy in the culture. Notice Timothy had witnessed Paul's perseverance, right? Chapter 3, verse 10. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Timothy has witnessed Paul's perseverance in the ministry. Timothy is witnessing evil men's perseverance in their disobedience. Verse 13, now Timothy must prove his own perseverance. We're not going to spend a lot of time developing this, but there are two reasons to continue. Human sources is one and divine scriptures another. Verse 14, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Notice here's the reason, knowing from whom you have learned them. Timothy, you need to continue. And standing behind you is my life my testimony, my instruction, you've seen it up close and personal. It's real. It's authentic. It's from God. It's satisfying. It's worth doing. And Timothy, what about your mother and your grandmother? From a child, you've known the Scriptures, but you're able to make you wise unto salvation in Jesus Christ. And you go back to chapter 1 and verse 5, and Paul acknowledges the influence these two godly women have had. And that's reason to continue. Reason to continue. Human sources, secondly, divine scriptures. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make your ways unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Timothy, you live godly. In Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. But Timothy, know that the Jesus you followed has been taught in the Old Testament. And Timothy, you're part of something that God's doing across history that stretches out into eternity. It's a glorious thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So don't linger on your way to heaven because that was the prayer of David Brainard many years later, and that's Paul's prayer for Timothy. You've got human sources, and you've got divine scriptures. Don't loiter on your way to heaven. Continue in long obedience in the same direction. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the reminder to dare to be different. Lord, help us to be that counterculture.
help us as the church to be that alternative society, community. May our ethics be different. May our marriages be different. May the character of our love be different. May our willingness to forgive be different. Just help us to shine. Help us to stand out. Help us to give a standout performance for Jesus Christ. We thank you for these encouragements. Help us to find models of gospel continuance. Help us to recognize that suffering is our lot, but the Lord will bring us through to eternal glory. Help us to realize that there are those who stand behind us and around us who have influenced us. We thank you for our Christian heritage in the home and in the church, and we thank you for the Holy Scriptures. From Genesis to Revelation, speak of your Son. And they take us from the beginning to the end, and in the end we win. So help us to continue in the things which we have learned and we know of, having been taught them from godly saints and being taught them from ancient Scripture. Lord, we ask for continuing persevering grace. Help us not to melt into the crowd. May we indeed follow the one who is a gentleman of the strictest and most sacred honor. For we ask and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, amen. Philip will be back in just a moment, so stay with us. You're listening to Know the Truth and the conclusion of a lesson titled Dare to be Different from the Without Apology series. Remember, you can revisit all your favorite messages at ktt.org or on the KTT podcast. Just search your favorite podcast platform like Spotify for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. Well, today's lesson was an encouraging reminder that regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we can dare to be different as God's children. That's why at Know the Truth, it's our mission to share the gospel with a world in need of truth. The darkness in our country is growing by the day, and so is the pressure to follow. So it's vital that solid and biblical teaching is made available to those in need in our country and around the world. And did you know it's the faithful partnership of our truth ambassadors that allow us to carry out this vital task? Philip, their monthly financial support enables us to share the gospel with listeners all over through the radio and the internet. That's true, Wien. Our truth ambassadors ensure that countless men and women across this nation and other nations are reached by the power of the gospel through the preached word. Truth ambassadors' monthly gifts allow hundreds of thousands of potential listeners to access clear biblical teaching for free via radio, and on our KTT website, podcast, and app. KTT, through its broadcasts and its written material, is exalting the name of Jesus, transforming lives, establishing hope, strengthening relationships, restoring marriages, encouraging pastors, and strengthening churches, and bringing people into a relationship with God and the enjoyment of everlasting life. So thankful for our Truth Ambassadors. And I want to invite you, if you're not one, to become one today. Become a Truth Ambassador. Join me and our team in this worthy mission to declare the truth. We have some resources we'll send you as a new Truth Ambassador to express our thanks, and they will help strengthen your walk. Wien, will you tell them more? 
Sure, when you sign up to give a monthly automated gift to Know the Truth, we'll send you our thanks with a book that will help you deepen your Christian life. It's called Living by God's Promises by Joel R. Beakey and James A. LaBelle. This book will energize and deepen your life as you appropriate the precious promises found in God's Word. As a new Truth Ambassador, you'll also receive a welcome package with books and other resources from Pastor Philip, along with a newly designed Know the Truth shirt to be reminded of your role on the Know the Truth team. Again, call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. You can also send your donation by mail. Our address is Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. Well, I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, and thanks for being with us today. We hope you'll join us again Thursday as we continue our series titled Without Apology here on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.